Hello and welcome to Something Not Good Enough, your weekly Mindhead podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kel Quinn. Uh, normally I would be providing the analysis for this podcast, but today I'll be hosting and I'm joined today by Phil Brown from Beyond the Pitch. Welcome, Phil. My pleasure for being on, Kel. Thanks for having me, mate. I know we've been talking for a while, so um, great to see you finally get this off the ground. And uh, you can't... It's great for, for United fans and everyone else to have alternative podcasts to listen to. And it's always a great outlet for your own passion. So thanks for having me on, Matt. No problem. Thank you. Um, well, we're recording one day after the debacle in uh, Leipzig. And we're just going to discuss the fallout from that. Um, what's your immediate thoughts on the game, Phil? Well, I think, mate, you can pass judgment on the game. You can't pass judgment on the group, or um, you can provide an even greater macro analysis and look at the football club because I think there's so many stories that were told last night. I think um, what we saw last night uh, was punishment for what we saw in Turkey, for what we saw at home to PSG. There's no disgrace in losing away to Leipzig. There's no disgrace in losing, in, in, in taking, say, three points off Leipzig and three points off PSG. Scrub was right in the sense that there was a away in Turkey that really cost us unprofessionalism. But truthfully, last night was a very drawable game. And Okay, anybody can lose the game, but what you can't forgive as a football fan is certain things like unprofessionalism. You know, you can forgive players for not being good enough. You can forgive players for being off form. You can forgive players for making mistakes, but you can't forgive unprofessionalism. To go out and start a game like that, where you all you need is a point, and on top of which, you've now got a reputation for a team that don't start games well. The first thing you do in any game like this is don't give anything away cheap early. You come out mentally and f- focused. You come out prepared. They never didn't look like they were prepared. They didn't look mentally focused. And truthfully, the game could have been over after 15 minutes. To come out in a game that you desperately need uh, something out of and to be out of sight after three, 15 minutes, that's not ability, Kyle. That's a lot more than that. I believe there's a lot of people out there could have picked an 11 that would have started that game better who aren't football managers. Because um, what we saw the first 15, 20 minutes, maybe the first half an hour of that game, was honestly a, a, an awful indictment on Manchester United from top to bottom. Well, I thought it was very negative of Solskjaer to pick a back five and two holding midfielders um, against a team who concede a lot of goals, like Leipzig. I think he would have been better playing... Van der Beek instead of one of McTominay and Maddich. And bringing in Luke Shaw after being out injured for a month, that backfired as well. Um, it really was a disastrous start. But we did, I, I did say after uh, the West Ham game, United didn't get going for 60 minutes. And they were sh- absolutely shocking in, in the first half. They could have been 4-0 down. And I said that once we... If we start a game like that against a good team, that we will be punished. And that's what happened against Leipzig. Well, I think that we've, we all said that. I mean, against better teams that have better finishers, that United would have been put away. Um, they couldn't continue to do that. They couldn't continue to make these mistakes at this level. The thing that concerns me is the repetitive mistakes. You know, we saw the same goal at West Ham that we saw at Southampton. You know, that's unforgivable at this level. We conceding goals at set pieces like that. Where you don't learn, okay, anyone again can concede a goal from a set piece, but the same goal back to back, 
I mean, that is incredible. That is unbelievable. You don't expect that at a professional level. I would like to have believed that after Southampton, Solskjaer sat Nated's defence down and read them the Red Act about um, conceding a goal at the near post from a header. And what do they do? They do it again the week after. And if you look at both goals, they happen for the same reason. Players not tracking runners. Players daydreaming. You know, you get that in zone on market, and I understand that. But that is just unacceptable. I mean, there's nobody taking charge. There's nobody organising. There's nobody being the vocal, you know, that's not Harry Maguire. And so he's not organising. He's not screaming. He, and then you see the same reaction when the ball goes and everyone just looks around. There's no Balkans. There's nothing. Very, very disappointing. So for me, I think uh, you can argue systems all day long. Okay, right? No question. But at the same time, and I'm not by any means admonishing Solskjaer here because he takes responsibility too. At the same time, footballers have to go out mentally prepared. You look at what happened tonight, last night. There, there, there are so many similarities to United in games that they've thrown away this season that showed up last night. Look at the breaking game. Right? What happened in the break? You maybe should have lost that game. Uh, and they should have lost it because their fullbacks were far too narrow. And they allowed the wing, the Brighton's way players to get down the line, put balls in the box, seeing balls, seeing goals. You look at Brighton's equalizer, come from the back post for Wan-Bissaka being far too narrow. Look at the Spurs game. The fullbacks far too narrow, got doubled up on because Riceford and Greenwood didn't track back and were destroyed. Here we are again. And that's tactical naivety, right? It's also mental focus. It's also not coming out fully, fully, fully prepared. You know, so to me, I think there's collective thing to go around. But ultimately, okay, look, <clears throat> we can argue managers not that. And I'm sure there's managers that could have got United through last night. But really, is that the question we should be asking ourselves at United? You know, can we get through to the knockout stages? This is supposed to be a team that's capable of winning it. But we're not. We're a million miles away. So is there a manager in world football that could have brought United to winning the Champions League? I don't think so. They didn't prepare for a team that wanted to win the Champions League over the summer. Um, or is there a manager that could get consistency out of United that could win the league? I don't think so. Because, and I'm sorry for this long-winded answer, but part of the problem is, and the Paul Pogba situation personifies it perfectly, is that the way United place a value on football players is not necessarily related to how they perform on a pitch. It's related to the commercial value. And so resale value is king, not the dressing room, not the manager's authority, not anything other than the fact that how much are we going to get for this player? So now only go to Solskjaer or any manager for that matter will have their authority undermined where they can't get rid of a player that they desperately need to because Solskjaer's want to get rid of Pogba for a long time. You can't even get rid of Phil Jones and Marcus Rojo. Well, no, no, exactly. So what, is he, what are you needed to warden? Right? Take a look at Edward Wood and, uh, himself. By what football measure has he done a good job? Anybody! that takes football seriously and football goals seriously would have sacked Woodward a long time ago for his rank and competence. But by the Glazers' uh, 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 metric, he's doing a good job. So what, is he, what, what does that tell you about Manchester United, about what they value? What does that tell you about what they tell their employees, about what qualifies as meeting expectations and success? It has nothing to do with football. No, it's an absolute joke. And... How, a club of United size doesn't even have a director of football. 
we've got these Bristol University graduates running the club. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, part of the ranking competence at board level was actually appointing making Sulcher the permanent manager in the first place. We should not be appointing managers from the Norwegian League and, and someone who failed at Cardiff City. We should be scoring Europe for the best managers around and then picking the best candidate. Yeah, but here's the thing, Kyle. Um, I agree with that. <clears throat> but in order to pick the best candidate, you have to have someone to understand what the best candidate looks like and why they're the best candidate. So sure, it's an easy argument to make that Solskjaer could shouldn't have gotten a job. You're probably right; he shouldn't have. And is he the right man to take United to the to the very top? Probably not. But there's a couple of things that need to be pointed out here. I don't think we would. I think if we can get a manager that can take United to league titles within the parameters that exist at the football club, where cash is king, where business is king, then great. That's a bonus. But truthfully, all United's all United managers' job to do now is to make sure. They qualify for the Champions League. You know, this was unthinkable when Ferguson left. It was unthinkable to think of Manchester United as a team who would just qualify for the Champions League. I mean, imagine, I remember thinking at that time that Moyes might not qualify for the Champions League. is absolutely unthinkable. But just what happened at United, what we took for granted under Ferguson. I mean, now that's the norm. So under Edward was truly United in eight years have become a team where they're not taken serious by the rest of Europe's elite as a team that can threaten. They're no longer a team that's guaranteed to even qualify for the Champions League. They've blown a billion on nothing. Right? It is rank incompetence. They've hired manager after manager that they don't even know how to properly support. Ultimately, these managers succumb to the uh, both incompetence and the Manchester United's focus. When Ferguson left, there was a power grab at the football club. And that was Ferguson's power and the manager of the power was usurped by the people above him. And it's no longer a football club care. The, the Manchester United that many of you and I fell in love with, that's gone, mate. That doesn't exist anymore. Manchester United are nothing but like a Disneyland, a brand that commercializes and monetizes everything. And that really is the barometer of success for the Glazers. Certainly the Glazers would rather have thick wallets than thick trophy cabinets. And um, for them, that's a zero-sum game. You, you, it's one or the other. Um, it's, a, it's about sweating the assets, about investing the bare minimum, getting the maximum return. That's why they value Woodward, because you know, if, it was, if it was football metrics or football values, he'd be gone. It is possible to have a successful football team and have a, a global brand as well. Yeah. Like, like Liverpool in, in point... Appoint football people in football rules, and that's why they have an American owners as well who are businessmen, but they allow football people to do football jobs, and that's why they're successful on the pitch. The difference between Liverpool and United, mate, is this Liverpool commercially are nowhere near United, right? So they do have to rely on football as a, as a, as a revenue generating resource. United don't, they will eventually, they'll not get away with this forever. But the complacency above the board, above the football uh, people united is, you know, is palpable. They think this is a football club that will continue to generate revenue because it's not, it's not really, whether they win or not, it's not really relevant. This is a, a brand that is um, like, like a, a you know, like Dallas Cowboys or anything else. It's, it's the name that sells. It's the, 
it's it's the glamour associated with him. It's everything that was accomplished prior to 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 the to uh, Edward Bird's arrival, and so they trust that fans will continue to spend money no matter what. And you know, one of the things that great salespeople do or con men do is the ability to say nothing by saying a lot. Um, you listen to the, the vernacular and the, the the football parlance that's used in these ridiculous uh, um, fan forums and that Woodward talks to or um, these investor calls, and it's just a bunch of garbage. It's all the same stuff. We remain committed to supporting the manager. What does that even mean? You know, what, what, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing, right? We remain committed to supporting the manager by bringing the best players on the field and delivering success. Define success. Tell me what the success looks like to you. Because anybody that defines success by football metric would not have done what you needed did this summer. Yeah, success to them is finishing in the, in the top four. That's they're not interested in winning trophies. Mate, success and, to them is on a balance sheet, it's on a profit and loss sheet, not a win loss column. <laughs> they're not a Manchester United to win trophies. They're Manchester United to lay in their pockets. It's as simple as that. That that the, their their agenda is absolutely clear. Yeah, and they say that they're back in the manager yet. In, in the summer window just passed her, they didn't get any of his number one targets in all the key positions. Absolutely none of them. Man, they can give the illusion of supporting the manager when you sit down and do things like you calculate what's been spent. But what would be a better analysis would be calculate how that was spent. You know, when managers and Mourinho, Mourinho was savvy enough to do this because he's been around the block long enough, Solskjaer hasn't. Mourinho knew six months, at least, before he got sacked that he was getting sacked. I think he knew after Sevilla that the game was up. That it was going to be very difficult to turn it around. So from that point forward, what Mourinho did was he distanced himself from the ineptitude that infest United. And he made sure that you and his future employer knew this isn't me, this is them. And he did that after Sevilla when he said, I've knocked United out at this round many times myself. And yet it always get knocked out at this round. This is a normal thing for them. Not me. What was he saying there? What he was telling you is, this isn't me, it's them. Right? And salvaging his reputation. Solskjaer is too naive. Solskjaer's going to take the blame. And, they are, and, and let me tell you, these morons above him who seem to be above any type of analysis or any type of criticism, um, they, they'll let him take the blame happily. Now, there's a reason why Solskjaer's still in the job a lot longer than David Moyes. There's a reason why Mourinho was left in the job a lot longer than David Moyes, same as Van Hal, because he wasn't Edward Wood's appointment. Now, Edward Wood, but David Moyes sacked him immediately for failure because it doesn't reflect purely on him. So if is the right man or not the right man for the job, um, he'll be left there a lot longer than what he should because it'll be about Edward Wood not wanting to admit he made a mistake and it'll be about Edward Wood hoping Solskjaer walks away and it'll be about what's right for Edward Wood, not what's right for Manchester United. Edward Wood, if he, if he cared about United as a football club, would resign today. 
would do, do by, I mean, imagine this happening at Juventus, you go and blow on a billion and you can barely qualify for a Champions League or Real Madrid or Barcelona, you'd be sacked immediately. These are football clubs that takes football seriously. Bayern Munich, a football club that understands you can also, just like you said, have a powerful brand and make money. Even the football people, even the money people at Bayern Munich are football people. I spoke to Franz Hoek about this. But United, on the other hand, that, that, this is why they won't give director of football over to anybody. Um, they're not going to turn over transfers to somebody where it's the club's biggest problem. And it's this club's biggest problem. And they're aware of what they said because they're not going to let somebody else come in and take control of recruitment. Um, they want to take control of recruitment. They want to be the, the one that decides well, who, who gets, well, what they buy and when they buy it because no one of repute is going to take that job and be completely impotent. They're going to criticize the club and they're going to walk away. And yet they're not going to want to expose the most, the most sensitive side of the football club to an outsider to then have them go criticize the club two years from now when it ter- inevitably turns into a mess. Um, at which point do you think they will sack Solskjaer? Um, well, it's not close. I can assure you that. Um, not even remotely close. Uh, in in Solskjaer's slight defence, Ken, right? If you look at Solskjaer from January to December, He's one point behind Klopp for being the most consistent manager in the league. That's not bad. Secondly, what are Manchester United? Are, they a ta- are we really that much better than what Solskjaer's doing? Probably not. Right? You could get marginally better. You could get things that are better. You could get a better shape. You could get more tactical diversity. Possibly over the course of a season, accumulate maybe nine points more than what you, Solskjaer would. Um, but the bigger, the big question, and, and, and this is the only question that matters in relation to Solskjaer too, is, is Solskjaer the guy to take United to league titles? Is Solskjaer the guy to take United to European Cups? I don't think so, right? Um, uh, so he's probably a guy, I think he, if he left today, he'd leave a better Manchester United behind him when the one he heard, no question. But if United are serious as a football club, there should be a couple of things concerning them this morning. First of all, abject failure again, right? A team that lost three semifinals last season once again shows that when the heat is on in a must-win game or certainly a game that you must get something from, they don't have the mental fortitude to get the points that they need. They must also be concerned about Bruno Fernandes because they will not get to keep a player like Bruno Fernandes whilst they have this abject failure. The law of the jungle applies to everybody. United happily picked off players for 30 years from clubs who couldn't meet their ambition. So if Edward Wood and United as a football club don't, we have no right to ask Bruno Fernandes to stay at a football club that doesn't deliver. Right? I don't have an issue with Paul Pogba wanting to leave. It's about how he wants to leave. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. I think if this continues for another 18 months to two years, Fernandes will probably want out. Um, oh, but obviously, the, fir- the first move will be to give him the double his wages. You think that they would get the ball rolling on that pretty soon? Bruno Fernandez doesn't strike me as a type of guy that would be satisfied by doubling his wages. Bruno no, Fernandez is the type of that's guy why we love him. That, yeah, yeah, it's the type of guy that wants, that knows he'll get the money no matter what. It's the type of guy that says, I want success. 
Yeah, I, I, I just wish we could sign more players with his mentality instead of players like Martial and Pogba, who just, quite frankly, don't give a shit. Well, we say that, but what's the consequence to them, Ken? You know, really, it's up to Manchester United to determine that that's not acceptable. There's no consequence for that. There's no yeah, consequence well, for their attitude. So, so that's what you get. Yeah, uh, United, the United board allow player power to happen at the club. Mourinho wanted to get rid of uh, Martial. Of Mourinho was the one who was sacked and Martial got a new contract. That's because Manchester United are a business. Okay? And football comes back into a business. So anytime you have a situation, like the Paul Pogba situation, right? A football club would not tolerate this. All right? And Paul Pogba would also be well aware at a real football club that what he just did would not be accepted. All right? But he's done this numerous times before without repercussion. You've got Solskjaer coming out saying things like he's already to be here for two years. Stop it. It's embarrassing. Right? Have some self-respect. Now, what should happen, right, is that he should be moved on immediately. First and foremost, let me tell you something. United have known Paul Pogba wanted to leave for a while. Right? And Solskjaer's wanted rid of him for a while. The fact that he's being forced to play him and Keaton, how on earth can any manager, I don't care what occupation you're in, if you can't sack your employee, your employee has no respect for your authority. They don't. They think you are weak. They think they have no, they, there's no cause and effect. If you're asking to do something that makes a human being uncomfortable, the, the simple algorithm or simple, um, the simple process that runs through their head is, what if I don't do it? Well, nothing's going to happen. Well, I'm not doing it then. It's like a child. You know? Is there no repercussions for acting out? No, then they act out. Manchester United don't punish that. They don't punish it because cash is king. They place more value on his resale value. I mean, you need only look at the Holland situation, right? United were more concerned with how much profit they'd make when they sold them than what they were with regards to what values and, tr and success he'd bring to the team. Same with regular. It was more about selling them than it was buying them. United were already more concerned with selling them than what they were before they, and they hadn't even bought them yet. What does that tell you? Right? I mean, this is not a real football club. As long as this football club is run like this, when, listen to what Woodward said to Jurgen Klopp, and this is not a rumor, about this being adult Disneyland. That is exactly, exactly what United think. Think about what Richard Arnold said in a marketing call about players. We have 22 George Clooney's. This is what United see themselves as. Right? They see themselves as a place where they can take players Monet, look, look, how long does it take for a player when they say you need to get a social media account? Immediately, Van der Beek and Tellers didn't tweet. Now they tweet. Right? You come to Man United, you're getting a social media account. Right? Yeah. So, this, when United are looking at players, they're, come, they're taking a couple of things into consideration. Resale value, okay? Which is fine. Okay, I don't have an issue with that. But, when your focus is more about what we're, how, how much we're going to sell them for, and that determines whether you buy someone or not, that is where you have a problem.
Instead of saying to yourself, look, if Holland has a 75 million pound buyout clause, right? Which allegedly has a Borussia Dortmund, and we're getting them for 20. If we, if we get that deal with every player, I take Because if he's only going to go for 75 million if he's a raging success, right? And if he scores 100 goals over the next two, three years, think about the success that brings the United. And you sell him for 75 million. Maybe he stays because you're winning trophies. Maybe he doesn't want to leave. He's a Scandinavian, Norwegian, very possible. He wants to stay. Same with Regulon. Spurs sit in top of the league. You think they care about Regulon's buyout clause? Of course they don't. It's absurd. Absolutely absurd. So what do you need to say, Don? We are going to sell for a player that we think we can sell for more money. How can that be the determining factor with your recruitment? If that is the determining factor for your recruitment, it's a waste of time. It just, it, it, it's so frustrating. Um, it, not, it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. No. You see, if Mourinho wins the title at Spurs, that would really expose the United board, but they will not give a shit. Yeah. Mourinho doesn't need to win the title at Spurs to expose the United board, but I agree with what you're saying. Right? Yeah, because yeah, Daniel Levy is hardly the biggest spender in world football. If Mourinho was able to work under him and win a significant trophy, and yet he couldn't do that at United with the constraints on him there, in that, I am, I mean, how embarrassing would that be? I'll tell you this right now: Mourinho would not be able to do with Dali Ali at United what he's doing at Spurs. United would be petrified. And would be looking at a young player, a resale value dip, dropping. Oh shit! Right? Trust me. That's a big concern, right? So, um, I, I, you know, the, he, Mourinho was very clever when he was out in the States. He turned around and said something, was it the States? I can't remember where it was, but he did this and it was very deliberate. And he says, uh, United won't sell Anthony Martial because he's Joe Glazer's favorite player. I came from him, right? Now, I don't know if he's being mischievous or not. The problem is I don't know, nor do you. That's very possible, plausible, very possible. And so this is what you're dealing with. It's supposedly the world's biggest football club. If they cared at all about success on the pitch, if they felt that was commensurate with what you made off the pitch in terms of branding, there would be a, there would be a, a focus on it that is equivalent to what you see on the business side. The risks that you need to take on the football side would never happen on the business side, never, right? They'd never employ some, I mean, to, to, to give you the equivalent of Solskjaer, right? Imagine on the business side, you need to find a paper boy, right? That he's uh, quite good at delivering papers and he was good mates with people. You know, would never turn around and say, you know what, give him a top executive job, you know? There's no evidence that he can do the job we're asking him to do. None. In fact, the only time he's ever had a go at doing the job we're asking him to do, he's been an unmitigated disaster at this level. But we'll give him a job anyway. I mean, even if it works out, right, it's still a gamble that never should have been taken at this level. And again, illustrates, right, even, even on a caretaker basis, Ken, it never should have happened, Right. Because there was nothing from Solskjaer to demonstrate that he was capable of doing the job he was doing. See, this is what I'm saying about the evaluation process. You know, 
I mean, if you 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 if if, if uh, Caltech calls me and says go hire the best particle physicist in the world, I don't know a good one from a bad one. Yeah, Woodward's not qualified to interview for the Oh, he's not, mate. <laughs> and what's with all these links to directors of football? The latest one is the guy from Everton. Is this all just kind of a briefing that Woodward does after a defeat? Or? I don't even think there's any. No. First of all, Matt, like, this stuff's been going around and around and around for how long? It's right? never going to happen. So, for United to relink, first of all, transfers, uh, when, when United are second managers, one of the things that they make them do is they, say, they make them send non-disclosures. They don't want them blabbing to the media and everybody else about what goes on inside the football club, right? Because <clears throat> it's obviously embarrassing. But of course, if the club says United, you can't keep things like this quiet. So it gets out. So when you, let, when you hear and speak to people at the football club and speak to people who work at the football club or did work at the football club, and I've done that, it is absolutely astonishing, mate. It, it, it is heartbreaking, Kyle, honestly. You don't want to believe it. You really don't. And when you, when you love something the way you like Manchester United and, you, and you, you, you hang up the phone after talking to these people, you've discovered that it's actually worse than what you first thought. And you realise that it's, it's, it's actually heartbreaking and there's absolutely, not even by accident, mate, can the current setup at Manchester United ever deliver success, right? Because the emphasis is on all the wrong things, Right? So until Manchester United are owned by owners that prioritise football success, they got away with it under Ferguson. They couldn't challenge Ferguson. But once, that, once Ferguson went, no manager after him had that clout. Right? So if Ferguson wanted a striker, he got a striker. He didn't get a left back. Ferguson couldn't have worked with, 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 with Edward Wood. It never would have worked. It would have been a catastrophe from day one. Right? And David Gill hates Edward Wood, vice versa. And the previous regime under Ferguson, they don't get along with this one. The football club has continued its trajectory towards the business. Right? And if the Glazers can't be successful on the pitch, they'll be successful off it. They'll settle for that. And that's where we are. Paul Bugwell would not have been brought back to the club if Ferguson was still in charge um, because he left because it was a Fergie didn't get along with his agent and how ready he was there. And uh, he, was, he only came back because, he, because of his commercial value, his social media presence. But as a footballer, he's been an absolute disaster. And, but yet he's still there. And he should, they should have got rid of him a long time ago. Well, but he's um, more powerful than any manager because uh, that's what they, they've made him. They've put him in that, 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 that position. Well, I actually, man, I'm going to slightly disagree. I'm going to defend Minerio a little bit. Right. First of all, it's rank hypocrisy for Ferguson to call anyone greedy, right? And put their <laughs> interest above, put their own selfish interest above that of the football club, right? I mean, it, it's it, it's unbelievable for Ferguson to accuse anybody of that. Uh, Mino Riola has exactly the same objective as Manchester United. He wanted to get the very best for his party, right? United want to get the very best that they can too, and United were more than happy to use Mino Riola when it suited them. Right. Mina Riola is an agent hired by football players to speak on their behalf. So everything Mina Riola says is a result of dialogue with the player. Right? So blame the player. 
like the, like like Donald Trump is representative of people's views, right? He's a mirror. He's a mirror of what people think. He's there because he represents people's views. If he didn't, he wouldn't. If Minorilo didn't represent Paul Pogba's views, he wouldn't be there. If he didn't, if he was saying things Paul Pogba didn't want to say, he wouldn't be there. So I don't blame Riola. Riola's just doing what he's told to do by the player. You know, Riola, you, you, you don't hire Mina Riola and then get bullied by him. He works for you. So I, I don't blame Mina Riola here. Everything that's happening is the result of Paul Pogba's strategy and, of course, with the agent, right? But no, every, Paul Pogba's consent to everything. So I, I will defend Mina Riola slightly in the sense that, um, you know, United probably should have played Paul Pogba before they did, right? Um, but regardless, so he wants to go to Juventus, fine. I don't blame Riola for that. Um, and maybe we have to say that David Moyes had it right whenever they wanted to bring him back on the Moyes and had concerns about how many clubs he'd had, about him leaving, about his attitude. I have to say it was right. Yeah, I would not have had the Paul Pogba circus back at United. Um the sooner he goes, the better. Did Mourinho call him uh, a virus? Isn't that correct? Well, he never did directly called Leo Paul Pogba virus, but I think it was relatively obvious he was talking about. And I think that, um, you know, again, this only happens, Kyle, if it's tolerated above him, right? Culture at any business is set from the top down, not bottom up, all right? Any, any, any office environment that you work in, culture is set from the boss down, okay? People do what they have to do. They represent the personality. The, the, the environment represents the personality of their bosses, everything else, but what the business values are, what's important. So the reality is, just like we and Rooney and everybody else, the football club existed to tolerate that level um, of disrespect because of the value that was placed. And Wayne Rooney, perfect example, should have been booted out of the football club for what he did, right? Even if he was right, which he was right. But the reason why he didn't is because he was the most requested player by sponsors and he had tremendous value to United beyond a footballer. So they had no other stars at the time. So they had to give in to what he wanted. So they, they're not in the same situation with Pogba. Um, you know, in Pogba's defense, I thought he did all right when he came on last night, but he shouldn't be in the football club. He shouldn't be the football club. I have, the, I, I think if, there, if a decent offer is made for him, he'll go in January um, because that's when United will still be able to maximize whatever price tag they can. Uh, but I wouldn't bank when United sign a replacement in January. And it wouldn't surprise me if that money was used to fund United's transfers in the summer. And that'll be it. So I wouldn't get too excited about Paul Pogba leaving and uh, United going out, I mean, signing a rash of players. I don't see that happening, man. A proper run football club would get Pogba out and replace him with someone like Jack Grealish. But United won't won't run properly and that probably won't happen. I mean... No chance. No chance. No chance, no chance, no chance. I'm just, is, is there, it's just very hard. There's nothing to look forward to at the moment. 
we're out of the Champions League, we're in the Europa League, and I'd rather watch paint dry than watch the Europa League. And we have no chance of winning the Premier League. So it just, just feels like there's very little to look forward to at the moment. What I'd like to see happen, what won't happen, is I'd like to see United use their kids in the Europa League um, and at least give them the opportunity to rest players for Premier League and uh, and do the best they can in the Premier League and have a tilt at it. They won't do that um, because they're going to try and win the Europa League. But um, at this point, I really don't understand why top four is an objective because it's not used as a football yeah. springboard. It's just a financial goal. It's not... As a football fan, there's no point in being in the Champions League unless your objective is to win it. There's just no point in being in it at all. Well, to win it or to the very least to 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 use it to 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 build and to continue to to develop. United didn't do that. We don't. We're now in the same situation we were five years ago under Van Hal. We were eliminated in the final group game against Wolfsburg, same scoreline, and we're, we're right back there again. The football club has gone backwards in seven years. That's obvious. Okay, so you know the the, the progress is an illusion. You know, it's uh, the, the, there's. I would say that Solskjaer has done a good job. Like I said, in the sense that he would leave a better United team than what he inherited. But that's about it, man. Honestly, and and, and even then, Vansley United will sell Fernandez, and it'll just be this continued cycle of uh, selling players, hoping we get one or two gems. Uh, getting top four, and and this will be the, the way until the Glazers leave. And if the likes of a Pochettino comes in, how well do you think he could do? How far do you yes. think he could take it? I don't really understand. I I, I genuinely don't get it. <clears throat> you need only look at what Mourinho's done with Spurs, in 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 a year, with largely Pochettino's squad, to know that he's not a title winning manager. To me, Pochettino Solskjaer. I would expect what we see under Solskjaer with maybe a little bit organized, better organization. Maybe you get a couple more points, but Pochettino, what do you want? What, I mean, we're genuinely going to sit here and talk about Pochettino uh, because he got Spurs to a Champions League final and lost it. A, a Champions League final, miracle in Ajax in the semi-final, right? That's not a bad accomplishment, but let me he make... get Spurs to 86... Premier League points. Smith. Um, I don't think Solskjaer get anywhere near that. Okay, but he didn't win anything. You know, and yeah. so if you're talking about a guy, again, look at what is going on at Spurs right now. They're a much better team than what they were under Pochettino. So again, the same question needs to be asked of Pochettino that we're asking of Solskjaer. Is he the guy that turned it into a ruthless winning machine? I don't think so. It's not his personality. You'll get nice football. You'll get good. You get organized football. You'll probably get top four, right? But the second and what Pochettino's never had to deal with, okay? Because in, in one sense, Solskjaer slight defense. He's the only manager in the league that, that can't satisfy critics with wins, right? You look at Arteta. One good performance is evidence that he's a magnificent coach. You know, Solskjaer it almost angers people that he wins because they can't write about him being shit. So yeah. you can't, it's not enough just to win it, United. You have to win a certain way. Now, Pochettino would benefit from the, from getting the pass from the football snobbery. You know, either case, he's ticked the right boxes. Solskjaer hasn't. So you get, get some leeway there. But, you know, 
is, uh, you know, as soon as he started losing at United and lost one or two games, a pressure that was never applied at Spurs would be applied at United, a focus that he was never under at Spurs would be applied at United. Every little decision would be analysed to death, right? That uh, that, uh, a focus on that he never gets at Spurs and then a criticism and then the fact that he hasn't won anything would then be a problem because it wouldn't be enough. You need that to get you through the bad times to convince people that you know what you're doing. And trust me, United players would throw them on the bus. You'd have the leaks after two years that they think his training sessions are shite, that they think this, they think that, and that uh, he's not good enough, and they rant this guy and all that. It, it, it's rinse and repeat. Okay, well, one final question. Do you think there's anybody out there who could win Premier League if United under this ownership? Nope. Absolutely not. Do not. Nope. And who, who is the best available candidate for the job? Um, it's hard to say because um, to me there's no obvious candidate out there. Um, you know, it, it, you look at uh, who's available or who United could get. They've had great coaches there. I, I think you can sack Solskjaer. Pochettino's the obvious guy that they'll look to replace him with, not because for any other depth, because they have the depth of a of a Twitter fan. Um, but to me, I, I, to me, there's no obvious standout candidates for United because top coaches demand that what's above them is not a circus. At United, it's a circus. And I, I, I just think what we see will go on for quite a while. Well, that's extremely depressing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it is not it is. I mean, I mean, I think if you adjust their expectations, like if Liverpool winning a European Cup, if Liverpool winning the league was not enough to cause a reaction at United and to cause them to go about, at the very least, get their shit together this summer and make sure they recruited properly. You know, well, what, what, what is going to provoke change? Nothing. The only thing that will provoke change in United is fiscal laws. <clears throat> so... But uh, anyway, mate, listen, as always, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. And uh, happy to do this anytime for you. And, uh, good luck with the podcast. And uh, send me a link and I'll retweet it for you. Thank you very much for joining us, Phil. Yeah. Legend, mate. All the best, guys. See you, pal. Bye-bye.